get real. This is America WK with Andrew WK on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello and welcome to America WK. My name is Andrew WK. It's great to be back with you for episode number eight of this weekly radio program. How are you? How are you feeling right now as you hear me ask that question? Perhaps you've been feeling concerned, not just about your own situation, the circumstances that you may be facing individually. Perhaps you've been feeling concern overall for the situation that we all appear to be facing. There is a sense of emergency that it is harder and harder to be able to deny. And even if we feel we can deny it, there's an ever-increasing sense that the effort it takes to deny the emergency that we are in increases so that it's almost harder and more exhausting to ignore it than it is to begin to face it. This emergency is not due to one particular event or situation, and it might not even necessarily be a new emergency. This may be an ongoing or even perpetual emergency that has faced mankind since the dawn of our existence. It may be intrinsically bound up in the very experience of humanity. The emergency of survival, the emergency of outlasting our own faults, the emergency of not only getting by and surviving, but trying to rise above the result of our survival, the outcomes, the effects of the causes that we create by our very existence. And we can be encouraged as we face this emergency because we've certainly gotten through many versions of the emergency for many hundreds and thousands of years. And as far as our current situation goes, we can take some amount of comfort in the fact that we have faced and, for the most part, survived through various emergencies that, in many ways, are harder to even imagine going through again, if at all. Many of those are so long in the past that there's really no version of our current existence or current daily life that we can even compare. But the difference maybe that we can imagine very easily is that a lot of these emergencies now, or the overall one surrounding emergency, is one that we have largely created for ourselves. And in one way that is more distressing than circumstances that maybe would have arisen out of nature apart from ourselves, 
that we had very little influence over or control over. But in one way, it's also a bigger challenge because it forces us to take some responsibility and to pull ourselves up to a higher level from within ourselves. That old saying of pulling ourselves up by our own bootstraps to improve our own individual character so that we can all improve as a species, as a human race. It's a challenge that it will be ongoing, but if you're like me, you sense some sort of intensifying of this challenge. This emergency is a crisis, maybe in the past and maybe even in our own lifetime. Maybe you can remember a time when there seemed to be many smaller emergencies some of them personal, some of them up close, some of them nearby, but many of them at a distance, separated either geographically or by social or cultural distance. Situations that we could look at from afar and maybe feel compassion for, maybe experience some understanding or some sort of empathy for what others were going through, but it did not seem like it was our emergency or our crisis. And for that, we may have been very thankful. But now it seems that we are experiencing one shared crisis and no longer can we rely upon distance of any kind to remove the immediate effect or the palpable stress of this shared emergency. And I can't define what the emergency is specifically. I think we all can find various aspects of it that we encounter on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly or yearly basis. It, it, it exists in just about every various, uh, every division of experience from what we would call the natural world, the environment, to political, social, and economic factors, cultural factors, family, and uh, surrounding neighborhood factors, our own personal interior life. And if there is one thing that we can sort of take refuge in, it is that in the midst of all these overwhelming emergencies that are culminating into one giant crisis, we do have one ability that's always within our reach to immediately impact this crisis, if only in a small way, at least in some way, by trying to pull out something better in ourselves. That is the one place that we can immediately turn to. It may seem futile, especially when faced with so many outside forces or situations that seem completely beyond the ability of any one person or even a large group of people to influence positively. But nevertheless, we can try to become better ourselves in the midst of a crisis. And if we extend our imagination a little bit and imagine that maybe not just one or two people worked to improve their character 
to establish higher principles, a higher way of being, a better version of themselves in the midst of a crisis. If we imagine that hundreds or even thousands or even millions or even billions of people somehow were inspired to do that, maybe inspired and motivated to improve because they absolutely had to or they would perish, then all of a sudden the idea of improving from the inside out doesn't seem quite as futile. This is the situation we're in. This is a heavy topic. There's all kinds of things I want to talk about with you today. We'll see how they go. But this is on my mind. The state of emergency. It can bring out the absolute worst in us in every form, or it can bring out the absolute best that we have to offer. It can bring us to levels of quality that we didn't even realize we could attain. Because in an emergency, you either sink or swim. Let's try to rise up. That's what we're getting into today. This is America WK. America WK with Andrew WK on the Blaze Radio Network. Don't miss the morning blaze with Doc and Skip. Seems to me that I have become all of the bad in my wife's life. Because she'll come home and uh, her mom's here and she'll be like, hey, how you doing? And then the baby, she's like, oh, and I go, hey, what's up? And she's like, oh, yeah, what's going on? Whatever her reaction, it's more of a, oh, you still live here? The Morning Blaze with Doc and Skip. Weekday mornings, 6 to 9 Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. The undisputed king of partying invites you to a no-holds-barred celebration of being alive. This is America WK with Andrew WK. Welcome back to America WK. We are talking today about the emergency, the crisis of existence, which we seem to be finding ourselves in a more and more undeniable way. This is not meant to instill fear or anxiety in any of us, except to the degree that it motivates us. And that actually should be considered an inspiration. And it is not meant to be disrespectful to say that we can be inspired by moments of tragedy or great senses of loss or even fear. It is using the worst to bring out the best. It does not mean that the worst was necessary to bring out the best. But for whatever reason, it is often only in a moment of crisis and emergency that we are pushed past any ability to resist improving ourselves. You simply have to or you won't survive. That may not, fortunately or unfortunately, be the level of crisis that we find ourselves in, but it is simply harder and harder to escape this pressure to improve. We have to get better. And it starts on an individual level. And fortunately, again, this is a place where we can go to work immediately. And no matter who you are or how advanced you may be, there is always more room to grow. And if 
somehow or another, you are one of the very rare, probably just handful of people in the world that has reached some type of elevated, perfected existence, then certainly you can use those lessons and skills that you have and share them with all the rest of us who need to be brought up to a higher level. I know that I do, but I've never felt more motivated and driven to do so and to be part of a team effort, a group effort that sees beyond all divisions and unifies us all in this grand drive for betterness, a grand propulsive search for some type of saving goodness. It is not going to be easy, but I don't think it has to be that hard either because it can start in very small ways. I think a way that we can take advantage of right now is by entering into a mindset of perpetual prayer. Now, I don't know exactly what your spiritual or religious convictions may be or exactly how you even interpret the word pray, but to engage in prayer can be very simple and can leave plenty of room for many different interpretations uh, on top of this very simple concept. We are praying to find the strength, to be given the strength, to be worthy of our own lives, to be worthy of the chance to be, to be deserved of what we have here to experience that we call life. And when we pray, we don't ask for anything in particular. We don't ask for material wealth or gains. We don't ask for particular outcomes. We don't ask for things to go our way. We actually don't ask for anything other than the strength to do what we should do and to have what we should do revealed to us in as clear and as palpable a way as possible so that we can follow the path that we're meant to follow. And sometimes, again, that path won't necessarily be laid out in a very obvious way. We just want the strength to recognize it when it is. And now is a time when I really am praying for that strength, praying for the strength to become a better person. Not a better person in a competitive way, not a better person so that I can feel better than others, not a better person so that I can get something or achieve something other than goodness. And may that goodness make everyone better. May that goodness that I attain help make everyone else's lives uh, better. May the betterment that we each seek be the betterment for everyone. And that's not going to be easy. May we have the strength to face that challenge because it's hard to pull away from selfishness. And that is the real challenge of all. In the moment of crisis, that's when I feel most compelled to sort of cling to what I have in my immediate surroundings, cling to my family, protect them over everyone else, protect myself over everyone else. But we know that 
isn't the answer. And if everyone does that, we're not going to be in any better situation than we would have been even in the most severe disaster or tragedy. We have to turn our self-centered idea of being better into a self-serving improvement that betters everyone. It seems kind of like a paradox. As usual, many of these ideas get into that territory. But we want to become better in a way that allows everyone else to get better too. And we can pray for that strength, for that clarity, for the inner resilience to rise above selfishness, to rise above the emotions that would compel us to not be our best, especially in a moment of crisis. That is the true test. And we're constantly being tested, and this may be the biggest test of all, this feeling of emergency. What is it going to do to us? Is it going to inspire us to solve the problems that we have largely created for ourselves? And you, you might say, and I might say, that I didn't create this particular problem, but does that really matter when I will be affected by it? Is it really going to be worth pointing out blame in a situation where everyone will be on the receiving end of the, the, the effect of, uh, of the cause? Even if we didn't cause it personally, we're going to be swept up in whatever it is that's going to happen. So we all, in a way, are responsible because we're all in the same boat. Whether we caused it to start sinking, we certainly can all help to uh, try to bail ourselves out here. So let us get into this mindset of trying to find the strength to rise above the worst we have to offer and turn it into the best. In this moment of stress and anxiety that seems to be coming from all sides, almost seems impossibly bleak at times. But perhaps this is just another very massive test that will ultimately see us rise to a higher level that we wouldn't otherwise have been compelled to get to. We can turn even the darkest moments into some type of light, despite the forces working against us. We're going to continue on in a moment. Please, please stay with me. America WK. A party for being alive. This is America WK with Andrew WK. On the Blaze Radio Network. Buck Sexton. Used to be employer-sponsored retirement plans had defined benefits, but now 91 million Americans have 401k-type programs, which are based on workers' contributions and don't have any guaranteed lifetime income. So now we've gone to, well, you got to ride the market yourself, buddy. you got to save yourself. And to give you a sense of how well that's working out, half of families today have saved nothing for retirement. Buck Sexton. Weekdays, noon to 2 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. The only radio show restoring your faith in humanity through the power of positive partying. This is America WK with Andrew WK. Welcome back to America WK. This is your friend, Andrew WK. And we're talking about a shared sense of emergency, of crisis, not necessarily of doom, because that seems much too imminent 
This is a, a, a very slow, uh, creeping, uh, immersive sense that we have to get better. And we have to get better on every level. And first and foremost, on the personal level within ourselves as individuals. And the best thing about that is while it is in some ways the most challenging, because it certainly is easier to lash out and demand that other people or other situations improve, the one area that we absolutely can hugely impact and radically alter is ourselves. And maybe in a very strange but undeniable way, all the situations and all the dilemmas that we see taking shape outside of ourselves are somehow reflections of what's going on in us. Somehow, and this is not to point figures at you or, or myself or to blame anybody, but uh, I'm certainly as guilty as anyone else for not always doing the best and not always being the best that I could be. And it's very hard to feel too puzzled or perplexed by the world not being the best that it could be when I myself haven't been. And I'm not certainly to blame for everything, but maybe I'm a symptom of the world or vice versa. And that the world and the problems that we're seeing somehow are all grand amplifications of the same problems inside of ourselves. It seems to be largely a lack of integrity. And when I talk about integrity, I don't just mean sort of uh, the most basic noble sense of right and wrong or good and bad, but uh, a set of principles that one adheres to no matter what. And it seems, certainly from my experience, that I used to think uh, that integrity and principles and, and values, that those were sort of more or less guide stones. You could kind of refer to them sort of like little notes that you kept in the back of your mind, the side of your mind, in your pocket. And when it was convenient or when it benefited you in a very easy way, I would refer to those, you know, you would refer to these nice ideas that were great to uphold when it was convenient. But when it was inconvenient, when it stood in the way of me getting ahead, when it stood in the way of me uh, advancing towards my particular goals or ambitions, when these principles or integrities weren't very easy to maintain, or when they really challenged me to not give in to low emotions, anger, pettiness, then I just cast them aside or, or ignored them or said, well, no one would expect me to follow those in every situation. But that is exactly the problem. We're cutting corners. And the corners that we cut within our own behavior, within ourselves, we're seeing the results of that play out around the world on every possible level. And again, it's nice to think that we are responsible for most of the problems that we're facing because then certainly we have some ability, or at least more of an ability, to solve them. Probably with a lot of the same reversed psychology that got us into the situation in the first place. Basically, try to undo what we did or try to live in the opposite way that we have for so long. Is that easy? 
maybe not physically, but it's simply very clear. It's not going to be uh, enjoyable in many ways because it's going to take a kind of effort. But at least it's straightforward. Trying to become better in this way is very straightforward. And I was thinking about this, this idea of integrity because in my business, my entertainment business, I am a rock and roll singer, keyboard player, touring around the world, singing rock and roll music, and working in show business for the last, well, really 20 years. Uh, I've encountered all kinds of people and have encountered all kinds of situations where I and others had the choice to behave in a very good way or behave in a very bad way and get away with it. Oftentimes, get rewarded for behaving not so well. And I don't just mean behavior in terms of attitudes and you know going crazy and causing uh, troublemaking in the monkey business department, but really just not being a very high-quality person, not being loyal, not being truthful, not being reliable, not being hardworking, not being respectful, not being grateful, all those most basic tenets of uh, quality character. They're just not that valued sometimes because they might not really give you any leg up. In fact, sometimes the bad behavior is what helps or seems to help you get ahead, at least in the short term. But of course, in the long run, it doesn't really add up to anything. And in fact, it probably will hold you back. But that doesn't always so clear. It's really hard to see those things sometimes. So I started thinking recently, and we've talked about this before, but I have a new or re-evaluated sense of uh, the importance of this kind of integrity. Because a lot of people I've dealt with, especially in show business, they sort of felt the same way or they feel the same way that I used to feel, which is that these are nice ideas. Being good is a nice idea. Not being selfish is a nice idea as long as it doesn't stand in the way of getting ahead right now. And the minute it does, then it's probably really not that good of an idea after all. Because only the ideas that help you get ahead and beat someone else or beat the world even by whatever means necessary, those are the best ideas or so it seemed. But they're really not. Because in the end, what do you have? I mean, you lived a really horrible life and you made some money or you achieved some sort of empty goals that in the long run, no one will really care about. In fact, many people will forget about your accomplishments even in your own lifetime. So then what was it all worth? So that you can think back on your deathbed to how despicable you've been, but you did earn X, Y, or Z or achieve A, B, or C. What kind of life is this? So integrity, what is it really for? I mean, what is really the point? Just to feel proud when you are on your deathbed? I don't even think it's that. I think that this kind of emergency that we seem to be finding ourselves in in a more and more severe way is asking us to develop integrity. And so that integrity is not just a set of principles that we have to feel proud of, Integrity is a set of principles that become tools in an emergency. They become a flashlight or a torch 
in the midst of extraordinary and penetrating darkness encroaching on all sides. And it's a flashlight or a torch that you're very, very glad you have. When it was real sunny out, you might not have really cared that much that you had this flashlight in reserve. But boy, oh boy, when the going gets dark, aren't you glad that you have that trusty flashlight of integrity to shine the way through the darkness, to illuminate an otherwise completely shadowed situation? This is America WK. We're talking about integrity. I'm Andrew WK. Please stay with me. I'll be right back. We're going to keep this going. Thanks so much again for joining me today. America WK with your host, Andrew WK, on the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin. But you see, the reaction to her is not that she's pitiable and ought to be cared for, sympathized for. Our reaction is to, you know, give her her own talk show on MSNBC, backed up against the new talk show by One Hand Larry, uh, the trans-abled person, because it's popular. Jay Severin. Weekdays, 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern. On the Blaze Radio Network. radio show restoring your faith in humanity through the power of positive partying. This is America WK with Andrew WK. All right, thank you. Welcome back to America WK. This is Andrew WK. As always, I really want you to understand on this show, and I've mentioned this before, I, I consider it a true privilege to go in deep with you like this. In many ways, this is the only time in my life where I really get to do this, to go all the way. Uh, and I'm very thankful that this show allows me to do this with you. To go this deep into what seem like the most important ideas. Uh, not that they're the only important ideas, but certainly amongst very important concepts, or at least concepts that seem very urgent to me ones that I've been thinking about, and to get to share them with you, to discuss them with you in this one-on-one -on -one way. I mean, I am talking to you. I'm thinking about you. It's very valuable to me that you are here for me to speak with. Uh, so please understand that the level of gratitude, I don't take it for granted at all. Uh, I consider it actually a minor miracle that you are on the other end of this speaker listening to this and going through this with me. And as I said, I feel like this is a team effort in that regard. We are supporting one another in our efforts to meet these challenges. Because, gosh, I could not do it alone. That is for sure. I could not do it alone. I don't know that I would want to do it alone. Uh, but fortunately, we don't have to do it alone. We were. It's almost like it was destiny for us to be more than one person so that we could go through this as a group, uh, to summon our best through each other and combine those powers, those forces, those abilities into one giant united front of goodness. That is, I don't really know how else to put it other than that. So we've been talking about integrity in the face of an emergency. 
And just before the break, I was talking about this idea of integrity not just being a set of values or principles that you live by because you feel they're right and because it makes you proud, in a sense, to hold to what is good and right in your mind. But they actually have a a, a use that goes beyond uh, daily life. They are there so that in moments of crisis, in moments of emergency, we have something to call upon that we've been building, that we've been refining, that we've been empowering for hopefully our whole lives in some capacity or another. That's why really daily life is sort of like practice. Day-to-day life, hopefully for most of us, I certainly hope for you, is not a full-blown catastrophe every single waking moment. And if you are someone who has been going through what seems like an endless array of catastrophes, I certainly feel for you. And I imagine that you have probably developed levels of integrity that I can't even really fathom, at least based on personal experience. But for many of us, day-to-day life is not necessarily that challenging that it forces us to call upon everything we have to give at every moment. I don't know that any human being actually could withstand a a, a constant stream of 100% effort in that regard. But I don't think we're meant to. It seems that day-to-day life, in many ways, is practice. Sort of like a, a test that is small but specific and goes on and on so that we can practice, almost like exercise, developing these skills when they don't really matter that much. Developing inner character and principles when it isn't life or death. So that when we are in a moment that is very close to, if not life or death, we suddenly have these tools. We have that torch to light the way. And in all those situations where we didn't need it, we were actually building it for the time when we would. That is where integrity is important. And that's why when someone tries to say, what's the point of developing all these inner skills when you don't have to use them? You say so that, hey, when the going gets tough, I'll have something to, to call upon. And you'll be thankful, too. This is America WK. I'll be right back. We're talking about integrity. Thank you again so much for being with me. This is America WK with Andrew WK. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Don't miss Pat and Stu. We don't spend any time with the, you know, 25 to 30 people killed every weekend in Chicago. 25 or 30 people, 40 people shot every weekend in Chicago. We don't talk about it ever. The national news spends zero time on that. If it's black on black crime, they don't have any time for it. They couldn't care less. Pat and Stu, weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. This is a no-holds-barred celebration of being alive. America WK, with your friend and mine, Andrew WK. 
on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to America WK. My name is Andrew WK. On this episode, we're discussing this feeling of emergency and of crisis and what we can do about it. What should we do about it? What should this emergency cause us to do? It certainly can cause us to be very emotionally upset, extraordinarily stressed out. Uh, It can depress us. It can overwhelm us. It can confuse us. Some might even say that it's designed to do that, to distract us from instead calling upon these more noble feelings and bringing those out instead. We cannot let the overwhelming intensity of any emergency, including the overall emergency of existence, as it seems that we're in right now, to distract us from what it can actually do to improve us. Because it certainly can just overwhelm us to the point where it almost doesn't feel like it's worth living at all anyway. I mean, when the world is not perfect, it can seem like why even bother carrying on? Why not just try to have as much sort of uh, escape as you possibly can from all the stress? Stick your head in the sand or, you know, go into some version of oblivion and just ride out the storm and hope that you don't die in the midst of it. Or maybe even you hope you do die because that's less stressful than having to face the challenges head on. But of course, deep down inside, we realize that is not an answer, or at least it's not a solution. It is not the way that we want to face the dilemmas that we have found ourselves in, especially when we're, one, very most likely responsible for a great deal of them. If not indirectly, then uh, on the periphery, we have at least the ability to also address them and do something, even if it's just to engage and and to care about it. You don't have to know how to fix a problem to still care about the problem because by caring about it and being present and engaged in our shared circumstance, you never know what you'll be called upon to do and you'll never know exactly what you might have to offer in a moment when you are called upon to offer something. And that's when we're forced to rise up to this other level. And we're talking about integrity, this idea of firm principles that exist in yourself that you live by no matter what. That's sort of the the qualifier, I guess, when it comes to integrity. It's that you do these things no matter what. You, you do what you feel or what in your heart you actually know is good and right and true. You follow your heart. You follow that highest version of yourself no matter what. When it's easy, when there's no reason to do it, when it's very inconvenient and there's every reason not to do it. Uh, When it's very, very hard, you follow it. When it's very, very inconsequential and you could cut corners because who cares? You still follow it. Uh, I've actually worked with a lot of folks. And again, I say all of this with the uh, full realization that I have lacked integrity time and time and time and time again. I would like to think that in my earlier years, I had sort of an inherent integrity that I think many young people have. I think that it's almost a natural state that a young person develops uh, sort of through necessity as a way to navigate the world. 
uh, in those early, early developing years, you have to have some sort of earnest belief in life and in yourself as a living being trying to make it. Otherwise, you probably just won't make it. That's probably true for a lot of animals as well. When they're very young, you, you, you have to sort of just be very hardcore, very intense, and very true, or you won't really be able to make it past those early years. But once you've developed some kind of basic strengths, some physical strengths, some ability to withstand the intensity of the world, then you can start to compromise yourself a little bit. And you start to compromise and you see, oh, well, I actually seem to be okay despite the compromise. It didn't really hurt me as much as I thought it would. Maybe I can let it slide a little bit more over on this side. Oh, well, it didn't really seem to hurt me much uh, in that instance either. In fact, I actually seem to be benefiting from some of these compromises. And compromise is, of course, a great idea in situations where cooperation and uh, open-mindedness can actually improve a shared situation. But personal compromise of integrity when it comes to goodness, the, the truth of the heart, well, that is a situation where it's very dangerous to compromise. And I certainly had compromised myself in many, many, many ways, always against my better judgment, knowing that it wasn't the right thing to do, but not really believing that it mattered. It didn't really matter if it wasn't the right thing. Because it wasn't that big of a deal. I was just going through day-to-day life. I wasn't really in any kind of life-or-death situation. My life was pretty straightforward and very easy. I was very lucky. You know, still am extraordinarily fortunate to have so many things set up so nicely that I could compromise my integrity. It's very, it's a great luxury to, to have things so taken care of that you don't even really have to be a very good person to live a very good life. I mean, what a blessing is that? Uh, how strange is that? That's actually probably because of so much integrity on behalf of so many other people. So many other people were so good, certainly before me, uh, that people I didn't even know, people not related to me, just incredible sacrifices and incredible principle, uh, incredible dedication from so many other people that allowed me to live a life basically completely lacking in those same qualities. Um, How strange is that? I never even realized that. It's very humbling. It's very humiliating. It's shameful. I'm often ashamed of how blind I was to all of this. I'm realizing it by speaking with you about it. And now there's the sense of extraordinary urgency that it is absolutely crucial to develop these skills because... There is a sense now that it is life or death, that we're all being called to a higher level because the stuff really is coming to a boil. The stuff is hitting the fan, so to speak, and now it's sort of a judgment day right here for our own character. And hopefully we've been practicing all this integrity in those times when it really didn't matter so that we have it now when it really does matter. And as I was saying, I've worked with people very recently who like to cut corners. I think in business especially, it's almost encouraged. It's it's considered almost part of business in certain realms to find ways, clever ways to cut corners. Uh, The the, the ways that are 
uh, not detectable by others, the ways that allow someone to get ahead, even if it is detected by someone else and there's nothing they can do about it. Ways to just get by by doing a little less and wanting to get a little more in return. Compromising on all sides so that you can get ahead in this one very particular area of business. And I've raised concerns with people I've worked with who are doing this, and they basically said that I'm overreacting, that this is silly, it doesn't matter, everyone does it. And to a degree, they, they really have a point because so many people are doing it, including me. I mean, up until just a few months ago or years ago, before this sense of urgency uh, really hit me full in the face. So what are you supposed to say? You can't really force someone to try to do this. You just have to do it yourself. But there's a reason why it is so distressing. There's a reason why seeing these lacks of integrity are, are more upsetting than just in principle. This is America WK. We're going to continue on. Stay with me. You're listening to America WK with Andrew WK on the Blaze Radio Network. We live in troubled times. As a result of left-wing ineptitude, America has a dangerously reduced standing around the world. Back home, extremist liberals work to turn the government against we the people. President Obama should be made to understand a society's worth isn't measured by how much power is seized by its government, but rather how much power is reserved for its people. Chris Salcedo, Saturdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Blaze Radio Network. Now, the king of partying himself, your friend and mine, Andrew W.K. Welcome back to America W.K. This is Andrew W.K. We're talking about integrity, about principles, about doing the right thing, even when no one is looking or when some people are looking. And I was talking about people I've worked with up until very recently that pride themselves on cutting corners in business. They pride themselves on cheating a little bit here, uh, getting away with a little bit of something there, they feel like they should be uh, congratulated for that. And in many situations, they are. But I've expressed my concern with this type of business behavior and oftentimes been met with sort of confusion as to, what, don't I see that they're saving me money? Don't, don't I see that they've figured out this great loophole? Don't I appreciate the, the cunning uh, ingenuity that they have to to get by uh, by doing less. And it's not even just that it's sort of this bad vibe. I don't really how, know how else to put it. When I say, look, I just don't like doing things like this. Let's just do the right thing. They might not understand that um, because they don't hold that same principle. They don't understand that this integrity that we're developing now in these little business deals that they might not think are that important and that might not actually be that important that they're building to something bigger and that it's all a progress it's all a uh, an onward cycle that is leading to something what they don't understand is it makes them hard to trust it makes me feel strange about working with someone even if they're on my side who is cheating someone else because how how would i know they're not going to cheat me i said if you're so excited about cutting corners how do i know 
that when my back is turned or I hang up the phone with you, you're not going to giggle about how you just cut some corner on me. You, you cannot, there's no, there's no center. There's no foundation. There's no way to know how deep it goes or where it stops. And there's no reason to think it stops anywhere. And ultimately, this person who's cheating everybody else is then cheating themselves. They cheat themselves right out of relationships. They cheat themselves right out of uh, trust and having people believe in them. They cheat themselves out of having faith in their own integrity. And in that moment, when it really matters that they have integrity, they'll really wish they had developed it. And it'll be a lot harder to call upon when it had been compromised and compromised time and time and time again. I've tried to explain this, that it's not so much that I think it's so important not to cut a few dollars here or there or get away with this or that, although I do. I'm trying to explain to them that it makes me hard to appreciate them as an honest person. And when you're working with somebody, it doesn't matter if they're cheating for your benefit. There's no reason to think they won't cheat for their benefit. And oftentimes, unfortunately, that's the case because if they're willing to slip up in one area, they'll probably just slip up in all the areas. It's a slippery slope in that regard. So it's so important, I think, that we use daily life, every chance we have, every moment that we're tested in these small, seemingly trivial ways to develop these skills, these integrities, so that in that situation where things really are intense, we'll have this core. It's almost like uh, if you were a very advanced, trained fighter, let's say in martial arts or something like that. Um, and we see this, of course, in action movies all the time. Uh, there's all these situations where you might train every day in all kinds of exercises, all kinds of practice routines, all kinds of uh, scrimmages, so to speak, and develop these skills and not use them most of the time in any real situation. You just practice using them. But of course, aren't you so glad when you actually do find yourself or you're found in the midst of some situation where all that practice pays off and all of a sudden, in almost a second nature sort of way, you're able to call upon these extremely elusive or hard-earned skills that can really save the day. And so really, we can save our own life or save our own soul through the constant practice and development of these integrities when they don't matter, when it's very low pressure. We should be very thankful that most of us get to have that kind of practice. I mean, a lot of times, I think a lot of places, a lot of people don't have that low pressure daily life where you can practice developing these skills of doing the right thing. Doing the right thing just because it's the right thing. And then when it really matters, you'll be really glad that you know what the right thing is without even having to think about it. That's what we need very, very badly. And that is a type of integrity. And if we are in an emergency right now, let's hope that we've already developed some of those skills. If we have been neglecting that practice of integrity, of, of doing the right thing when it's in small ways and in low-pressure, trivial situations, let's get right on it now. And let this be, uh, you know, a, a wake-up call. I'm sure you've been feeling it too. This is a chance to be motivated, to get better, to do better in every little way that we can. And it helps alleviate that stress 
that initial relentless feeling of of pressure to realize that you actually can do something right now uh, on so many small levels. And whatever way that you can find personally in your own life to develop a better quality, a better version of yourself, do it. I mean, go full-blown into it. It is, uh, I guess, the point of life in general. That may be the meaning of life. To use the trials and tribulations, the pressures as they face us, and actually harness that energy, as bad as it is, and turn it into something good, or at least direct it into a way that is not damaging, to allow it to inspire us. And it seems, again, like that could be hoping for bad things to happen. It is, it's absolutely not. It's saying that bad things happen, or have happened, and assuming they will continue to happen, we want to be prepared. And this whole mindset of, of preparedness doesn't have to be a type of paranoia. It can be a type of concentration, dedication, and a loyalty to yourself, a loyalty to your own decision to try to live a better life. And it's actually not that hard. Again, it's small steps. It can seem very overwhelming when we try to picture this version of some kind of perfect being that is exalted in all these ways. We don't even have to know what it would be like to be a perfect person or even to be much better. We just have to take one step at a time as we're faced with the opportunity to do the right thing and just do it and to follow our heart. Turn the mind down a little bit, quiet the mind a little bit. All this debate about what to do, the heart has no debate. Your heart will tell you very clear. It may take a lot of courage to follow what the heart says to do. The mind may try to battle against the heart in what to do, but if we are focused and calm, we can move forward with developing that integrity. I'll be right back, America WK. A party for being alive. This is America WK with Andrew WK on the Blaze Radio Network. Matt Walsh. There's this situation in uh, McKinney. I don't want to harp on your interpretation or my interpretation of how the cop acted because I think there's a larger point. We've come to expect this kind of behavior from teenagers and we excuse it. We need to place some blame here. Even if you think the cop should be fired and stoned to death in public, I still think this point is something you should agree with. Matt Walsh. Available on demand anytime at theblaze.com slash radio. Listening to America WK with Andrew WK. Welcome back to America WK. This is your host, Andrew WK. We've been talking about integrity, and I received a, a great question from a listener the other day who had been listening to pretty much every episode, from what I gather. And she asked, I've been listening to your show. How come you never talk about partying? <laughs> I thought that was. Uh, a very valid and very good question. And I'd like to answer it now with a very simple answer. 
I've been talking about partying the entire time. And I mean that in all earnestness. The idea of partying, as far as I define it, is hardly even a definition because it's so broad. But it's broad not to avoid the point of a definition. It's broad because it is the most open activity that I can imagine. It is the pure celebration of celebration itself. Partying, and partying is, in case you're not aware, sort of the main theme that I've worked in with my music and my entertainment and pretty much all the work I've done. This has been an underlying concept or maybe an overlying concept, uh, an umbrella concept, if you will, that I've tried to use to encompass all this. Partying is the worshipful celebration, the formal appreciation of existence. It is the highest form of love for God, God being creation itself, for whatever it is that gives form and life and experience and existence to all that we encounter. Whatever that is, whatever the underlying mystery, the infinite power that is so hard to define, whatever that is, partying is the absolute highest level physical, emotional, and spiritual celebration of that phenomenon, of that truth, of that underlying heart of everything we encounter. It's basically being in love with life. And using that as a starting point, keeping that in the very front of your mind throughout all the rest of your experiences. As someone who, as you may already be aware, who has struggled with depression, uh, trying to develop that mindset has been very important to me, really very crucial to my own existence, to surviving my own dark times to try to nurture this state of mind that sees beyond all the bad feelings and all the bad versions of reality even and find some underlying goodness in all of it. And not just observing that goodness, not even just being grateful for that inherent goodness, but celebrating it actively formally recognizing it, bowing down in, in, in love and joy. It's, a, it's not a, a partying that is to escape from bad feelings. It's a partying that takes you deeper into them so that you come out the other side. And you come out the other side a stronger and more appreciative person for having gone through it at all. And that's, again, these... Strange paradoxes that the hard, bad things in life so often have the ability to actually make life better. Why is that? It's the people who have gone through the worst that life can bring them seem to somehow have a deeper understanding and yet even a deeper appreciation for life itself. They may not even have it all figured out any more than anyone else, but there's something about the fact that they seem to have lived more 
than other people that have made them appreciate life more. You'd think that if you had a very easy life, you would like your life even more. And maybe on the surface, we do. But it's always interesting to note those people who have really penetrated, either through choice or through forced circumstance or misfortune, penetrated into deeper versions of life and come away with a deeper love for life, despite the hardship, or even because of the hardship, which is where it gets very strange. And I can't really speak from direct experience in terms of really the hardest, hardest experiences that life has to offer. But I almost feel like everybody in their own way goes through hardships of some kind with the underlying point of those hardships to be beneficial, to be somehow meaningful in a way that allows us to like being alive even more. And to me, that's what partying is all about. It is celebrating life in all its aspects, even when it doesn't make sense, even when it's illogical, even when our mind would tell us that it's inappropriate to be celebrating life in this way. But it goes beyond that type of rational, reasonable view of life and takes into account the mysterious impenetrable and confusing parts of life and appreciates those just as much as the parts that make perfect sense. It's a very humbling type of celebration that allows us to not know everything about life, to not understand everything about life, but at least to know and understand that we don't know and understand everything. And there's something very freeing about that, but also very engaging rather than just saying oh well who knows what's really going on it encourages us to venture deeper in because maybe we're just not as afraid with this party mindset maybe keeping this sense of automatic good fortune that we got to exist at all in the front of our mind, makes all of the experiences somehow meaningful. It gives a context to them. This relates very much to what we talked about in terms of positive thinking, as one of the foundations of positive thinking being that you interpret all your experiences, no matter how good or bad, as somehow inherently meaningful, and in that regard, inherently positive. That there is something to be gained, or extracted, or appreciated about every aspect of existence and that we choose to believe that even if it doesn't make any sense because we have to believe something at some point we have to even if we don't know we have to have faith in some idea you can have faith in not knowing but that in itself is a type of knowing it's a type of choice to go out into the world with a certain kind of mindset. And at some point, after you've doubted every way of thought, after you've questioned everything, doubled-backed, second-guessed and exhausted every possible way of looking at something, eventually you just seem to be left with the most inherent choice, the one that you most likely started with from the very beginning as a 
young, innocent child, that there is a purpose to life, that there is a purpose to everything and to existence, and that we are part of all of that in a very real way, not in an insignificant, accidental, meaningless way, but in a way that is as specific and beautiful as any other aspect of life. And that's what partying is all about. This is America WK. I'll be right back. This is America WK, hosted by Andrew WK on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show. If you don't know what Tinder is, look it up. It's a dating app. Okay, and trust me when I tell you, um, it's more of a get together for a short period of time. Right now at two a.m. in the morning when I'm really drunk. App. The Jeff Fisher Show, Saturday morning, six to eight Eastern, on the Blaze Radio Network. Listening to America WK with Andrew WK. Welcome back to America WK. I'm Andrew WK. Thank you again for being with me in this episode. Uh, again, our time is so precious. Not just the time we have here, of course, talking together, but the time out of every day. I mean, if you think about 24 hours guess for most of us, seven or eight or nine is spent sleeping. Of course, some far less, maybe some folks uh, a little bit more. And then for most of us, eight hours or so of of work or six, seven hours of school or something like that. And then you have sort of the transportation time, the in-between time as you go to and fro, completing tasks involved in all the basics of daily life. And then there's this open time, free time, time to live that's your time. And I'm assuming that in some way or another, you're spending some of that free open time, your own time with me. And again, I just cannot thank you enough for doing that. I'm spending some of my time. I don't consider this work at all. This is not part of my eight hours of work. This is part of my eight hours of chosen time. I want to do this for the sake of doing it, to talk with you about life. This is important. This is We're in the midst of it right now. We talked most of this episode about this feeling of emergency and responding to it, the emergency of life, the crisis of existence and how it feels at the current time. And responding to that by not becoming overwhelmed, not getting depressed, not turning away, not ignoring it, but instead using it as a almost life or death type of motivation to truly become better, to develop integrity, to rise above what we once were, and become a better version of ourselves. I'm doing it myself, uh, and I need to work on it as much as anybody, or more than 
I'm sure many people, but I've also never been more motivated. It's never felt more urgent. The urgency is palpable. You can feel it everywhere. You can feel it in the air. We don't need to be afraid of that urgency. It actually could be the best thing to ever happen to any of us because sometimes it's in an emergency that we're called to a higher level of ourselves that we didn't even know was possible. So when that feeling comes, face it and grab it and use it and ride it. Ride it, harness it, and ride it towards the future bravely. And know that you're not in it alone. In fact, you have not only me and thousands, if not millions of other people right around you also going through this adventure. But we also have all of us going back through history, really all the greatest people in human civilization who also have been part of that journey and who responded in their own ways and who contributed and allowed us to get the chance to do our part. And they may not have been faced with the same situations we're in. Many of them are probably faced with things that we can't even imagine, far greater emergencies. And they saw themselves through those in whatever way they could, but they were there in the same spirit that we are now able to participate in. The same spirit of integrity, the same spirit of trying to be a human being worthy of the gift of life. And we should always remember that we're in good company in that regard. And this is not something new that we need to face in a cold, alien land. We can face it with the full knowledge that many of the greatest minds, the greatest spirits, the greatest examples of humanity have gone through this as well and are part of it with us now, perpetually. So let us stay brave, stay very strong, and stay full of love. Focus on that. Let us really stay in a constant meditative state of prayer, asking for the strength and nothing more, the strength to be the best person we can possibly be for the good of all mankind. This has been America WK. Thank you so much again for being with me. I'm Andrew WK. Talk to you very soon. This is America WK with Andrew WK. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.